Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. <laughs> the Cretan himself. Here I am. Live and, what do they call it, live and five? <laughs> live at five? Are you Something like that. I'm... Listen to the LA News lately? Is, is that what's going yeah. on? Yeah. yeah, sometimes I'm too nerdy for my own good. <laughs> How can you be too nerdy for your own good? <laughs> your good revolves around nerdy. Doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and a lot of there's some some great nerds out there that have their own TV shows. So someday, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One well, of my favorite uh, sets of nerds is uh, MythBusters up in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really cool. I used to drive past their their building uh, when I, I worked at oh. uh, uh, Macromedia. Yeah, <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of speaking of uh, nerds, uh, we have a fine nerd that uh, sponsors our our show. Ah, uh, yes, that we do. Blickman Engineering. I I think he would proudly uh, proudly be called a nerd. I don't think he uh, minds at all. As a matter of fact, we got him on the phone. Yeah. Yep. I'm here. How you guys doing? Hey, John. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good. Just having a. Uh a nice nerdy day here in snowy Indiana. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit this week, huh? Oh, just a little bit. Mostly, I got about four inches of sleet, and now just wow. getting a nice, uh, nice fluffy snow today. So good brewing weather. Oh yeah, fire up the top tier and uh, and and make some beer for uh, for when uh, it gets a little warmer, huh? And cuddle next to the uh, seventy thousand BTU burners to stay warm. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, you know, uh, John, I, 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 John Blickman, I've got uh, something to read to you here. Uh, somebody sent me uh, an email saying, uh, "Can you get this to John Blickman for me?" I couldn't find an email address for him. I tell you, if you go to uh, BlickmanEngineering.com, Blickman with uh, two N's uh, and Engineering with two G's, uh, you should be able to uh, contact uh, Blickman Engineering from there. Uh, Mr. Blickman, thanks for sponsoring shows on the Brewing Network that you do. I recently bought a cable for my car so that I can start listening to the shows in my car. I spent a lot of time driving for my job. Listening to these shows and the information they contain has really increased my knowledge and helped me make me a more proficient and efficient brewer. They've answered so many questions that uh, have been in my mind as a new brewer and even things that have not even crossed my mind. It's great being able to listen to the podcast and so convenient. And through the discussions on the shows, a lot of stuff comes up, brings up lots of different points of view that really cover the material more thoroughly. Often these posts show up as references for topics and forums such as the homebrewing something or other, which I frequent daily. 
Uh, thanks again. I just wanted to take some time to let you know that as a listener, I really appreciate what you're doing for our brewing community by making these shows possible. Joshua out in Palestine, Texas. So uh, he wanted me to pass that on to you, uh, Mr. Blickman, for uh, all your sponsoring of our shows. And and I want to give you my thanks as well. It's really uh, meant a lot to us that you would, uh, uh, you know, take your hard-earned cash and uh, make this show possible for, for all the listeners. Without, yeah, uh, definitely. Without well, which, it would be real tough. Yeah, I'm just thrilled to sponsor the show. I think it... Uh, the show just gives back to the brewing uh, community a lot. I know, uh, you know, all those people that helped me get started in brewing uh, and get going in this hobby, and I turned my hobby into uh, a job I love, and I'm really just happy to be able to uh, to give back to uh, the brewers what uh, I've gotten out of the hobby. So, uh, and I, I love the feedback; it's very humbling, and uh, you guys do a great job. Um, uh, not only promoting the product, but promoting the hobby and, and keeping those uh, local homebrew stores in business. So thank you guys, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, uh, you know, if you appreciate uh, the, uh, uh, you know, what uh, Blickman Engineering is, is doing to help you bring you to the show, uh, don't hesitate to send them an email. Uh, you know, it, it never hurts to say thank you. Uh, and while you're at it, you know, you don't have to buy a top-tier system, but yeah, take a look at Hop Rocket or uh, you know so many other great gadgets that uh, Blickman Engineering uh, produces. Uh, the uh, beer gun, that's a great uh, way to bottle your beer. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be uh, bottling up uh, some some test brews that I did, uh, oh, probably in uh, next next week or so, and I'll be using my Blickman beer gun for that. So yeah, uh, great, great handy tool, easy to clean, which is one of the things I, I don't like about uh, traditional uh Counter pressure bottling systems, they just take a lot of cleaning, whereas beer guns a, a lot easier. So, uh, quicker and faster for me, and it's got a lot of other uh, value to it, uh, you know, quiescent fill- filling and, and things like that. But uh, I don't want to get off track. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, giving back to the community, uh, you decided uh, that you would run a, uh, a, uh, a giveaway here for people that bought uh, top-tier systems from back in oh, the fall sometime through end of January. And uh, Blickman Engineering, you, you've kindly decided to uh, uh, pay for either uh, the three of us to fly out to the winner's uh, location and uh, brew with them on their top-tier system. Or they could actually fly out to the uh, the uh, Pope Estate out here in uh, sunny California and uh, brew with us three out there on uh, my top tier system, and uh, go down to the uh, studio and do a do a brew strong show with us, and uh, probably stop by Heretic Brewing and uh, show them that place and uh, be a world of fun. So I guess without further ado. Do uh, do do? Should we do the uh, the 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 drawing here? Do you have do you have our do winner? It. I think. Uh, what? That, that sounds great. All right, so we've uh, drum we've roll. A pile of them. Big pile. Well, I appreciate that for for everybody that's that's bought them. It's uh, helping my kids get to college. How about that? Um, <laughs> speaking of kids, I had so that I can have this unbiased. I had my daughter pick from a random list of uh, invoice numbers. Mm-hmm. That we've been tracking uh, as we uh, go along here. So 
they just picked a number and I looked it up in the system. Hey, do we have a drum roll or something? <laughs> Can you whip up a drum roll, Justin? Yeah, let me try it. There we go. The lucky winner is Kevin Drake from Kings Kings Beach, California. So huh? not all too far from you. I looked, uh, looked up where that was, and it's uh, just on the north side of Lake Tahoe. Oh, wow. He could so just be like, a beautiful area. He just drive down to my place. Yeah. <laughs> that? That? Let's go, go to his place. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go up. Hey, Kevin, we're on our way. <laughs> you know what? I looked at that and I go, crap. They're going to think that I staged that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blicker's like, hmm, where do I want to go this year? Yeah. yeah, he wants to go there and get more snow, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was just praying Alaska. it wasn't gonna be in I was just praying it wasn't gonna be in like northern Montana. Right, right. <laughs> a little cold. <laughs> yeah, Kings Beach, uh, uh just north of Tahoe, boy, they they get uh they get plenty of snow up there. There's plenty of snow up there right now. But there's good skiing. Well, we're gonna up have there. to get there soon so we can go skiing. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh Kevin, uh what I want you to do is uh email me. Uh Jamel at MrMulty.com or Jamel at TheBringNetwork.com. And uh, we will start the process of figuring out uh, whether you want to come down to my place and brew or you want us to come up to your place and brew. That'll be uh, uh, Mr. John Blickman, Mr. John Palmer, and uh, myself. And uh, whichever you prefer, uh, we can do. And, uh, uh, you know, I think even if we come out to your place, we might be able to... uh, swing it where you can come down and do a show it just depends it might be a little trickier um because uh if if palmer uh, comes out to my place then uh you know it's easier and to do the show with you so uh one way or another we'll make it work just uh give me an email and uh we'll set you up congratulations and uh thank you uh blickman engineering for sponsoring that that's really generous of you and uh you know i think on top of all the uh the uh, sponsoring you're doing already to throw that in was uh, is quite kind. Yeah, oh, I appreciate it. It's, it's, these are fun things to do, and uh, you know, again, I really enjoy giving back to the uh, the hobby that's uh, given me a lot of fun for many years. So well, glad and, to do it. And you like hanging out with home brewers and and uh, you know seeing how they brew and and I think that's where a lot of your uh, future product ideas come from, right? You, you see, see brewers uh, uh, in their environment, and you you notice a problem, and then uh, you you start uh, formulating a solution. Oh yeah, you know it's you know every time we brew, we're thinking, okay, what are these things that bug me when I mm-hmm. brew? Mm-hmm. You know, and you get you know just feedback from customers. You know, hey, I've got you know issues with this part of the brewing process. Or, you know, is there anything you can do to make, you know, this part of the process faster? And that's that's really where we get our uh, our ideas for cool new gizmos and, and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Very cool. All right. You got anything uh, coming up in the pipeline you can tell us about? Uh, secret lab? It's all top secret stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, but I'd have to kill you, and that would be the end of the radio show, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you'd be sponsoring I will say we've, Dead Air we've got, more ways than one. Yeah, we've got uh, more ideas of products to come out with than money avails. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely got a lot of projects uh, in the queue. So, 
Now, you're going to be at the uh, Homebrewers Conference in San Diego. Are you going to be showing anything new there? We just may have something, uh, one or two new items mm-hmm. to debut there at the show. Ah, so you that's guys, always uh, a that's always a fun place to bring that stuff out, right? right. So get if the reactions of of all those uh, uh, brewers that uh, you know really uh, have got such a passion that they'll spend a ton of money going to a show. And um, if you've never been, it's it's a great uh, weekend. Um, you can you can just go for the weekend if you're local, or you can go for the whole Thursday. Well, actually, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. We got a lot, of, a lot of pre events and things, so it's a great time. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, uh, going as an exhibitor, and someday I'd like to just go as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, you know, for all you listeners out there, make sure you stop by the uh, the Blickman Engineering booth, see the new products that they have. They they usually have them there. You can touchy feely those things, and uh, you can even uh, you know shake the hand of the the, the man who uh, sponsors the show. So you know, stop on by there, say hi. You know. Uh, uh, pass along your thanks and uh, uh, enjoy checking out those new products. Yeah, and it's always great kibitzing with uh, all the brewers and stuff, so stop on by. That's what we're there for. Cool. All right, so uh, again, congratulations, Kevin Drake, uh, winner from Kings Beach, California, of our, uh, our uh, drawing for having three geeks come to your place and brew with you. <laughs> all right, let's Looking take a... Me too. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into uh, the rest of the show. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. army you think you're badass well you are kind of like badass but without the balls to blow something up hop tech in patriotic dublin california recognizes your nearly badassness with a bn army discount on every order but there's something those boys and girls in the real army should know if you have an apo address or a scan of an active px card hop tech salutes you as an actual badass and offers their things with a 15 percent discount on every purchase that's the hop tech way of saying thanks to all active military personnel 15% off ingredients, kits equipment, as well as games books, gifts, and more all at hoptech.com whichever army you're a member of, any branch of the military, or the BN Army Hoptech in Dublin says thank you with great discounts, call 800 Dry Hops, visit the store in Dublin, California, or go to hoptech.com Hoptech, serving homebrewers for 28 years Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next the kids. meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby, I told you not to call me after 8. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? Set up, Doug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my yard? If you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosher to boil the first decoction. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this, Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (laughs) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and craft Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting 3-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. A couple of things have come up uh, over time. You know, we do these shows and, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of uh, information that we put out and information changes or a lot of times there's some misunderstanding of uh, what we have uh, discussed. And so we need to go back and revisit some material or update some material. And and one question came through that I thought was... uh, quite interesting was from ryan um and he was saying uh, i have a couple of questions about hop utilization in my experience has been universally stated that the gravity of the boil impacts the utilization of the hops high gravity decreases isomerization in the forum i don't know which forum he's talking about probably the brewing network forum which is a great forum by the way uh, I don't know if you checked it out, thebrewingnetwork.com. There's a little forum button there. Click on that and uh, you get in. Lots of like-minded uh, folks to chat with. Uh, in the forum, this came up with the statement that it is brake material that is limiting hop utilization, which would be correlated to gravity, uh, not actual sugar content. There was also some talk of work that Palmer did that supported this, but no mention of whether it had been addressed on a show. I'm just trying to get a better understanding of the science behind utilization and also wondered what that means for extract versus all-grain brewers, if it is a break material and not a gravity that has an impact on utilization. So what say ye, Palmer, you being uh, much more uh, well-versed in hop utilization than I am? 
Well, yeah, it's we had we had a really good discussion about this uh, last year with Glenn Tinsa. Mm-hmm. So if you look back through the Bruce Strong archives, you you'll, can find that show. It was, it was an excellent was, show. Yeah, I think it was like uh, December nineteenth or something of uh, two thousand ten, or sorry, two thousand nine nine. Uh, we've been about doing the show like five years now, or however long. <laughs> three or it four seem years. That long, but, yeah, but uh, yeah, really good show. Uh, we covered a lot of this then. Basically, the high points um, are that uh, first, an IBU, a real IBU, is a spectrophotometric measurement. That is, they shine a wavelength, a particular wavelength of light through a glass sample containing the beer that's had some solvent added to it, and they measure how much light is absorbed by that beer sample uh, and by the by the isomerized bitter stuff that's in the beer sample. And that's how they determine a, uh, the, the IBUs for that sample. It's, it's a scale. It's not, it's not actually measuring the um, parts per million of, of isomerized um, alpha acid. They can do that nowadays with uh, you know, high HPLC, high-pressure liquid chromatography machines. And they can do it pretty quickly, but um, you know, 50 years ago when this technique was uh, developed, they didn't have those, and uh, spectrophotometric measurements were um, quick and easy by comparison. So, in 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 a, in a real IBU, the way, measuring it that way, what what they're actually measuring is a combination of isomerized alpha acid, um, oxidized beta acids, which are also bitter, and hop. Tannins, um, xanthohumols, whatever they're called, which are also bitter. So, you know, are, um, the IBUs that professional brewers talk about and that you see, you know, quoted in um, on you know professional brewing websites or um, on their packaging is is that spectrophotometric measurement, which you know talks about bitter stuff, not necessarily mm-hmm. um, ppm of isomerized alpha. Well, and often it's it's estimated. A lot of breweries yes. just estimate. They never they never bother to get it tested. It is what right. it is, and they just guess, or they mm-hmm. use whatever you know formula, right? Yeah, we kind of determine it by tasting, or yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it is an estimation, and really all of our our hop uh, IBU calculations are estimations. They're they're models that were developed. Um, based on what we felt were the factors that contributed to how much bittering, how bitter that beer became. Um, for instance, you know, estimating how much alpha acid uh, gets into the to the boil. Um, that's kind of your AAU uh, unit, or you know, how many ounces of this percentage of alpha acid in the hop goes into the kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one factor. And then from there, then you estimate how much of that alpha acid is lost to the hot and cold break. And this is where boil gravity comes in. We used to think it was simply the concentration of sugars. Um, the higher the concentration of sugars, the more it prevent, prevented the um, alpha acid to dissolving into the wort from the hops themselves. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an osmotic gradient type of uh, issue. Right, right. right. 
But that, and this is where recent science comes in. Says, okay, uh, we've done this. We've actually measured the amount of alpha going into solution, mm-hmm. and it does not depend on work gravity. Right. Um, so that was new. But um, what what we're and the theory then is okay. How do you account for the change, um, the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you go into higher, and the best. Uh, the, the theory at the moment is that um, you're. By going higher gravity warts, you're providing more protein, more hot break, cold mm-hmm. break material that the slightly soluble alpha acid uh, sticks to and is taken out of solution or you know precipitates the bottom right. of the pot. And so when you rack off the trub, well, either way, in the, yeah, in the boil kettle or the fermenter, you're leaving that behind. Even if, you know, if hop tannins are being measured as part of the bitterness, then, you know, the more protein you provide, the more it's going to bind up with hop tannins to form break material. So there it's going to take that material out uh, right there. And then just like uh, yeast during fermentation affects bitterness, you know, uh, I I would imagine the, you know, this, this, uh, these isomerized alpha acids or maybe the alpha acids before they're isomerized, you know, cling to this break material. Or, you know, somehow become bound up, and you know that gets removed. Right. Um, that might also you know be part of the perception of you know when you transfer break material to the fermenter, you get you know a harsher beer. Some people would say, right? And maybe it's right. just it's actually just more bitter. And people are saying, well, it's harsher, or maybe you know it does affect the the bittering compound some way. I don't know. I, <laughs> just just guessing and, and throwing things out there. Um, right. Yeah, I I, th- I think you may be you may be correct. I mean, there's different methods. You know, individual brewing methods are going to result perhaps in different percentages of of oxidized beta acids, tannins, mm-hmm. al- isomerized alpha acid, or uh, being carried into the final beer. Um, you know how the person stores their hops is going to be a factor. So, um, and then going back to our IBU models, uh, we also put in uh, factors for time to figure out or to estimate how much isomerization has occurred for each hop addition. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the final thing that we do in that model is we divide it by the final boil volume because that gives, you know, that we've got so much alpha and iso-alpha going into the wort and then we're dividing that by the total volume of that wort so that we know what the final concentration is. Mm-hmm. And from there, we you know we calculate an IBU number. Right. It's a model. It's you know mm-hmm. it's it's served us well for the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the factors we're using are not the factors we think they are. But mm-hmm. you know, as you and I have said many times, pick a model whether it's Rager or Tinseth or Garrett's mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Daniels, and stick with it because then you are brewing consistently. Right, and you know you can thereby predict what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So well, that's the real key to it. Yeah, and it, you know, you taste your beer and you say, well, you know, 35 IBUs in this this you know recipe isn't enough. So let me calculate it to uh, you know I want 45, or you know I want uh, 25, 
and really, you know, instead of numbers, maybe it should be, you know, A through Z, and I'm going for a G level of hopping. Or yeah. so long. You know, people see these numbers and they're like, well, this is the IBUs that's in the beer. I was like, no, not not even close. I mean, oh, maybe you get lucky and, and that number does work out to be in yeah. it. But it's just a, an indicator level. You know, maybe it should be percent or something, you know, something where you're not, uh, you know, thinking that this is really the IBUs in the beer. Because, uh, you know, it just depends on, you know, your pitching rates, you know, the yeast strain. It depends on, you know, yeast strain itself can have a huge impact on bittering and you you have beers that are you know are yeasts and you say it says you know this is produces a maltier beer um you know or this one emphasizes you know hop character or something like that you know a big part of that is you know how the uh, you know those hop compounds uh, bind up with the yeast and uh you know your your pitching rate and your yeast health and you know other factors of fermentation are going to make a difference. You could take the same wort and you could pitch different yeasts or different amounts of the same yeast and you end up with different bittering levels at Each the end. Right. So yeah, that's a that's a, a big part of uh, you know how all that that happens. Yeah, isomerized alpha and alpha acid loves to stick to yeast. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I imagine even your fermenter type is going to affect uh, the resulting bittering in the beer because, uh, you know, if that surface uh, would be glass or, you know, certain types of plastics or, mm-hmm. you know, stainless steel, uh, you may, that may actually, would you think, uh, affect it as well? Or Yeah, I, I'm sure that there's a difference in the abs- in the adsorption, I think it's the right word, mm-hmm. of uh, the alpha, like say you're dry hopping in the fermenter, mm-hmm. you know, the different materials will affect how that alpha acid absorbs onto the surface. Mm-hmm. It'll probably stick better to plastic than it does stainless steel or, you know, or less so to glass. Right. Um, or it could be the other way around, I don't know. But, yeah, there's probably are, there probably are differences. Because in the, I know when I'm cleaning a, you know, a plastic bucket, uh, you know, then you, you know you smell the hops a lot more. Right. Uh, you smell a lot of those compounds a lot more. You, you actually kind of get that in stainless steel too. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleaning out a you know stainless conical, you can smell the hops in there. And then in glass, maybe not so much. I mean, that would be my guess. I, I may be totally wrong. I, like I'm saying, just a guess. And I yeah. would imagine you know the shape of the fermenter may even have a, an impact as well. You know, you could have a fermenting in a five-gallon corny keg versus, uh, you know, a shallow stainless pan or something is yeah. going to affect things. Yeah, surface area to volume ratio, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah contact with the materials, you know, surface area, you know, uh, activity of fermentation, that's going to affect things as well, especially, uh, you know, hop character. If you, you know, when you're, anytime you're boiling or you're fermenting and you smell hops, that's top compounds that aren't in your beer anymore. That's why you can smell them because they've left the beer. So, uh, you know, not that you want a less vigorous fermentation, but uh, be aware that, you know, you have to account for these things. And, uh, you know, that's going to impact your final bittering, your final hop character. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when, when you see, you know, discussions on the forums, you know, uh, saying that, oh, you know, don't use uh, IBU calculations anymore, you know, that's, that's bunk. Well, 
Yeah, that's that's not a good reaction. I mean, there maybe the models aren't predicting or using the information that we thought they were. Maybe maybe our models are slightly wrong, but they are the models that we've been using and have driven us to pretty consistent beers. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, you look at competition beers, and you know, you and I judge area. Uh, we know homebrewers are making excellent beers right. and using these formulas to help them design their recipes. So, yeah, it's it's given us a language, uh, right? You know, to you know, talk with others about. Uh, and you know, what I'll do is um, I use Rager just because that was the one I started with, not because mm-hmm. it's any better than any of the others. But um, you know, I got used to it. And so I don't want to change. So when I'm talking to somebody about bittering or a recipe, I go, well, yeah, it's 30 IBUs calculated by Rager using pellets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you, know, it's, you know, it's kind of qualifying what you're talking about, and it helps you know, people to understand you know, exactly what's going on. If I was using Tinseth, I would say, well, you know, it's 25 IBUs or whatever it would be. And right. you know, in one case, one's going to be more accurate than the other. Really – that's neither here nor there. It's, uh, you know, again, just a, a way of, like you were saying, helping uh, reproducibility and being able to uh, right. brew consistently. Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add about uh, hop utilization there? No, I think I beat that horse pretty good. Okay. Um, and like, but, uh, know, uh-huh. if there's any questions in the chat room, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll answer them later in the show. Right. And uh, you know, check out that uh, hop utilization show we did with uh, Glenn Tinseth. It was uh, I thought a really good show. Glenn called in, and we uh, had a good discussion. All right, yeah. let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into uh, uh, some updates to your water calculator, huh? All right, back after this. Since 1921, Mundins has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farmed within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy said. last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an infant's home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Languages this guy speaking is from Austria. Mundins is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language. From Muntins Malt and Malt Extract at your local home brew shop. Muntins for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Muntins. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone 
pounds are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own Magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Jamel Zanishev here for the Brewing Network, reminding you the AHA is giving away three full conference passes to the NHC in San Diego in 2011. All you need to do is be an AHA member. You can sign up through the brewingnetwork.com. Just click on that big AHA logo there and sign up. You also need to be a BN donor. Click on that Donate Now button, and you too can be in on this NHC giveaway. Three full conference passes. There's one for the Sunday session, one for the Brewing Network's Can You Brew It, and one for Brew Strong. So uh, all you need to do, again, be an AHA member, donate to the Brewing Network, and you too are in the running for a full conference pass for the San Diego NHC. Sign up today. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. And uh, feeling I'm feeling in the mood. What kind of mood is that? <laughs> The mood of uh, Valentine's Day, actually, that's coming up. We were we were talking about doing shows on Valentine's Day, and and apparently some some of the people have like <laughs> loved ones who expect them to do things on Valentine's Day other than beer radio. Can really? you can you imagine that? 
Oh. Well. I would uh, I would think that brewing is well, it's always traditionally been a Valentine's activity. Right. It has for me. I tell you, my wife understands. She's like she didn't expect anything on, on Valentine's yeah. Day. But you know what I decided to do is uh I'm going to go and check out uh, AdamandEve.com. They actually uh, have a Valentine's Day special for our listeners. Uh, for Bruce Is it Strong. a malt extract kit? Or? Uh, no, no, not a malt extract There's kit. probably some kind of body butter over there, if that counts. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, so, you know, what they're doing through February 14th uh, only is they're giving uh, 50% off of just about every item. So maybe there's some items that you would want that aren't 50% off, but uh, they're giving 50% off uh, quite uh, almost every item there. And uh, I they probably have. should have been. Well, I probably should have mentioned to you know, our listeners that uh, in my experience, uh, I know for a fact that my wife got really irritated when I rubbed her all over with hop cones. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the pellets didn't go any better. So maybe body butter would be good. I'm yeah. sure they have eighteen. They have eighteen thousand items, and uh, of those eighteen thousand items, I'm sure most of them are better to rub across your your loved one's uh, body than uh, a hop cones. Yeah, I thought the cones would be better than the pellets, but oh well. <laughs> well. And- uh, again, this deal before uh, February 14th, uh, free romance kit, uh, which includes a, uh, a toy uh, for him, a massager for her, I think, unless I have that backwards. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter backwards what your... Backwards be good. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter what your gender is, you know? We are we are quite quite open and, and free here. I don't, I don't care which way you, which way you go. That's all cool with me, yeah, as long as you you enjoy it with your loved one. Uh, sounds good. And uh, something for you both to enjoy and a uh, adult DVD. Uh, you also get free shipping. And all this, you enter the code... This one's Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Code Bruce Strong, one word. One no, word. that's not true. <laughs> Jamil. That's right. This one's Jamil. J-A-M-I-L. Yeah. That's your code, right? And that's your code to to good uh, good discounts and and, and loving and uh, and uh, don't forget free shipping on all this stuff too. Uh, do they have do they have his and her mash pedals? <laughs> I'm sure they have his and hers paddles. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I'm not sure you'd use them for mashing, right. but uh, yeah, enter the code J A M I L Jamel, and uh, that'll that'll get you this discount at AdamandEve.com. All right, so uh, <clears throat> before the break, we were talking about, uh, John, you were telling me that you had some updates to your uh, water spreadsheet. I found that really yeah. interesting. Well, yeah, um, Colin and I, as you know, are, are working uh, hard on our, our water book. Uh, you know, you and Chris put out the yeast book, which has been uh, widely accepted as uh, a great book. And we're hoping to you mean do the same. homeboy and dog meat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Colin and I are, are trying to do the same with uh, water uh-huh. and put out a definitive uh, book on uh, water for brewing. Um, so in looking, you know, and working on that, I've been I've known for years that I didn't have a great, great grasp of uh, how the carbonates behave in the mash. Um, what's the difference between adding calcium carbonate to the mash versus uh, sodium bicarbonate? And uh, Based on a graph that shows, you know, in 
of the pH uh, of the species of carbonates as a function of pH, it said that, uh, you know, at pH 5 to 6, that most of the carbonates exist as uh, bicarbonate and CO2. Well, um, based on that, I treated chalk, calcium carbonate, as bicarbonate once you had added it to the mash and, and planned on you know, that much uh, uh, alkalinity being realized from it. And uh, other people that you know, know water chemistry and have you know, looked at this have said, you know, that's not right. Um, it should be treated differently. So uh, make a long story short, I contacted a uh, water chemistry professor up at uh, University of Washington who's written a couple of textbooks on uh, water chemistry, and uh, asked him about it. And he sh- showed me how the the correct way to treat it is to say that, is to understand that alkalinity is always conserved. That is, you know, think about it in terms of total alkalinity is calcium carbonate. So what you do is you say, okay, if I dissolve in one gram of calcium carbonate, that becomes one, you know, um, 264 parts per million of uh, cal- of alkalinity is calcium carbonate, and uh, into one gallon that is, and to treat it that way. So I revised my my mash alkalinity spreadsheet to incorporate that. It's it's a better it's it's an accurate calculation now, uh, providing that all of the calcium carbonate goes into solution in the wort. Which, now, is, which is tough to do, right? Right. And I, I know it doesn't dissolve into water very well. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I think the solubility of calcium carbonate in tap water is only like 14 ppm or something like that. It's really small. Well, and I always thought that the, the mash helped those uh, all, all that go into solution uh, yeah, the a lower lot better. PH, yeah, the lower pH is supposed to help that. The acidity, acidity of the mash is supposed to help that car- calcium carbonate. Mm-hmm. Dissolve, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Uh, it, do, it does, but it still doesn't completely go in. Oh, and mm-hmm. um, I tried an experiment last night where, you know, to, uh, to check on this, I dissolve. I made a ten sixty wort out of dark malt extract, and put in about a, a gram of calcium carbonate. And uh, pretty soon, I could see a uh, white powder on the bottom of the flask. Um, of calcium carbonate, at least I think is calcium carbonate. Um, now, the pH did change as a result of that addition. Mm-hmm. Um, I stirred and added some more and stirred. And, um, my pH went from 5.4, you know, as is, to 6.1. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some is going into solution. All right. You know, not all of it, because I could still see it on the bottom of the beaker after everything is settled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I emailed Charlie Bamforth about it this morning. And asked him what his experience with uh, dissolving calcium carbonate into the mash is. He said, well, it doesn't dissolve very well, uh, Mm -hmm. less so than calcium chloride. So um, as Kai Troister and other uh, people have said, you know, my my spreadsheet assumes everything is dissolving. Mm -hmm. And in other words, it kind of gives you a a best-case scenario for changes in, in... the pH and chemistry of the mash as a result of salt additions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, and it really, when if you take a step back and say, okay, well, this is a model, and you got to kind of treat it like we do our our mm-hmm. high hop IBU models. Right. You know, it's a tool. 
it helps us, you know, make a uh, an educated uh, guess or an, an estimate of what the reaction uh, should be or could be, and uh, you know, make our uh, changes to our process from there. And and that brings up a, a good point for me. So I've always believed you're, you know, 100% flawless. You've never, you've never made any, <laughs> any of the slightest error possible. I got to write that down for my wife. However, uh, you know, even then, I would, I would tell people, I'm like, yeah, use Palmer's, you know, water calculation spreadsheet, but, you know. Taste your beer after that, or you know, you know, Fine. scale it back and taste the beer, and you know, see if that's the way you know what you're shooting for, and adjust from there. It's like don't take it as you know, gospel. Gospel, yeah, that this is exactly what you would put in, and the beer is going to be perfect, and that's what people assume. It's like you know, all there's so many other factors that are going to affect this. It's you know, the water you're starting with. It's you know, the the the, the individual the, malts, the malts, and the maltster. Um, you know, that's going to affect things. Like we were talking hop utilization earlier, different malt, different you know IBU in your beer. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna affect. Even though the gravity is the same, you're gonna end up with a different level of IBUs based off a different malt. You know, same thing on the water, and you know the, how that malt was made, and the colors of the malts, and you know, there's so many factors in there that you know you right. can't just. It's impossible to say. You know, this is exactly what you should do. Same thing, Mister Malty's uh, yeast pitching calculator, right? Um, right. That's a good estimation to go with, and I think most people should go with that to start. But there may be a, a time when you want to adjust that number and say, no, you know, for this beer and this strain of yeast and the temperature I ferment at and, you know, all the other factors, I need to go a little less. I need to go a little more, you know, and that gets me the, the best result. You know, you you dial in. It's it's just a way to consistently, you know, uh, give you a, a consistent basis to to go from, and then use your your ability to taste the beer and uh, you know to to kind of dial you in. And that gets back to being able to uh, you know reproduce a batch of beer. If you can't brew the same batch of beer twice and have it taste the same, then you have bigger problems than you know how well <laughs> mineral salts are dissolving in your mash. Yeah. You know, I think that's yeah. that's a big uh, a big thing for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, I, the, I guess the bottom line on my water spreadsheet is now I know that it is calculating calcium carbonate additions correctly, assuming total dissolution, and calculating uh, sodium bicarbonate additions, assuming total dissolution correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to take. Take that spreadsheet with a grain of salt, though, and say, "Okay, this is best case scenario, and this is the direction it needs to be, like the upper limit of what it could be." And measure your pH, test your taste your wort, taste your beer, and just, and use that you know that data to uh, make changes. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's a tool, right? Well, and I think you know, in general, it's been a good tool for for most people because. People say, yeah, I use Palmer's spreadsheet. Numbers came out exactly correct on, on pH and everything else. It's like, great. you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, for, for most people, that's how it works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to, wanted to share there. 
Yeah, a little update on, on the, the spreadsheet. So where do people get that water spreadsheet for the updated oh, one? Yeah, it's um, at howtobrew.com, um, chapter 15-3.html. Uh, mm-hmm. It's down at the bottom there. Um, it's uh, version 3.0. And uh, this weekend, I will put up version 3.0 of the metric, uh, you know, SI unit, kilograms, liters, et cetera, uh, version. Right now, I've just got the U.S. units. Do you, so. you, you want me to throw a link on uh, MrMulty.com as well to uh, point people oh, to yeah, that? Oh, yeah, if you would. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah send me the information. I'll, I'll put it up there and uh, send people to the uh, proper spot. Because I think it's the best, uh, the best uh, you know, source out there for that information. So uh, Thanks. Yeah, I'll yeah. Do, we'll do that. Send people over to your site, and I think that'll help. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, uh, I got one more uh, mash and uh, salt edition uh, question, and then we'll take uh, any questions from the chat. Back after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, mother... White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer food and music downtown joe's the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home i've always thought that opening a brewery was a great way to ruin what is the perfect hobby but like most home brewers i really wanted to see what it would be like to produce my own beer commercially when i started out i was you know obscure homebrew geek and being part of the brewing network has exposed me to a lot of people with a great passion for brewing they seem so supportive interested and generous with their support that kind of thing makes you feel like you can succeed at anything of course i'm excited it's frightening it's terrifying it's kind of uh We've got this rescue dog, and she is completely frightened. So when she comes up to me, she's shaking and salivating at the same time. I feel the same way with Heretic. I'm still a homebrewer at heart, and I hope that homebrewers always feel welcome at Heretic and able to provide part of the feedback and creativity that makes craft brewing great. The thing that excites me most is the opportunity to put a beer out there that I feel is the best beer I can make and especially get a chance to go and drink that beer with people and see their reactions and get their feedback and hopefully they'll be as excited as I am about Heretic Beer. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're going to wrap this up with uh, one more question on mash pH and salt additions from Ryan uh, in uh, Logan, Utah. And, uh, and keeping with your requests, we're trying to keep these shows to about an hour so they fit on... Uh, one audio CD so you guys can play them in your cars and things like that and uh, just break them up so uh, they're not so massive that the files don't fit and uh, let's see here so we're we're uh, dear John and Jamel I've uh, listened to your shows Ryan says uh, listen to your shows on brewing chemistry multiple times and there's still one point on which I am a little confused yeah there was our water ganza I think it was like five shows about right. uh, water uh water chemistry in, in brewing. Uh, the salt additions are made to, one, correct mash pH, and two, alter the flavor profile of the beer. If you are mashing, sparging with distilled water and controlling mash pH with 5.2 stabilizer or phosphoric lactic acid, uh, you know, if you're using distilled, you probably wouldn't need any acid. Um, right. 
It's probably going to go acidic. Uh, is it still necessary to add other ions to the mash, i.e., does calcium, magnesium, etc., in the mash have any effect on the amylase activity, conversion, or final beer flavor if the mash pH has been adjusted to 5.2 to 5.4 via other methods? It would greatly simplify my brew day if I could use 5.2 stabilizer or acid to hit the proper pH. Then I would only need to calculate salt additions for the final volume of wort to achieve the desired flavor profile or to meet the desired ion minimums for yeast health. Your thoughts are greatly appreciated. Thanks for devoting your time to producing informative, high-quality shows. You guys are truly a fantastic brewing resource. Uh, again, Ryan in Logan, Utah. Um, you know, from the fermentation side of things, uh, you know, all those uh, mineral salts, you know, are just critical for yeast function. They are, you know, cofactors in, um, you know, enzyme activity. And, you know, without them, yeah. you know, fermentation really suffers. Now, uh, I guess the question then is, well, how does that work with the mash? Is the mash going to be okay if you just, uh, you know, are any of those uh, uh, minerals uh critical to you know uh the mash enzyme uh functioning well yes um both calcium and magnesium are uh as you say important cofactors for fermentation reactions they're they're part of the the catalyst and and cofactors that the yeast use um in fermentation um there's generally there's enough calcium and magnesium and manganese and other minerals that the yeast need in the malt. Um, so, I mean, you, you know, you consider yeast being a, a naturally evolved creature to eat, you know, malt sugars and so on. Um, they've, they've worked it out so that, that uh, an all-malt diet, you know, satisfies them, satisfies their needs. But in terms of brewing, um, we determined over the centuries that more calcium helps with clarification of the words, you know, after fermentation, um, helps, you know, helps haze to settle out. Um, and that, you know, additional levels of minerals, uh, help our perception of flavor. Um, you know, basically, you know, we're talking about salts and seasoning of food. So, uh, you can brew with distilled water, um, and get uh, most of the conversion you need. I mean, again, there's uh, a minimum level and time of conversion, and, but by adding some more calcium and magnesium to that, uh, you can improve the uh, conversion of you know, starches to sugars, make those reactions a little more efficient, um, and uh, and then thereby improve your taste as well. Uh the 5.2 is, I believe, primarily potassium uh, phosphate or different salts containing potassiums and phosphates. Um, that, so, which are, you know, themselves not really uh, enzyme cofactors or, you know, don't take place in the chemistry of, uh, of, ferment- of conversion and fermentation. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, don't affect the pH. I mean, the potassium doesn't affect the pH of the, the mash. It's the phosphates that, that do. They act as the buffering agent, which brings it down the correct pH. Um, 
so yeah, he could do that. You know, brew it distilled, use five point two to uh, achieve the correct pH, and then add um, other additional um, salts to the boil kettle mm-hmm. or to, you know or to to fermenter to uh, get the flavor profile he's looking for. Now, one thing to realize though is that when you look at classic brewing cities and say, okay, here's their water, you know that was used for stout or Dortmunder export, for instance. Um, there, you got to remember that, you know, in the city of Dortmund, they were brewing beer with that water that had that concentration, boiling it, you know, concentrating it, you know, pouring off the trub and then and fermenting it and ending up with a beer uh, that started out with that water. So, I don't know what the final mineral concentrations in the beer were. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't go don't go adding Dortmunder water salt concentration to your finished beer because that may not be the correct amount. Right. If you add it and taste fine, great, fine. You know, mm-hmm. do it to taste, but you know, don't 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 make the mistake of thinking that that is the correct amount to add. Well, you know, and it, it just drives me nuts because I think people go overboard on water and they ignore things like fermentation. <laughs> and, yeah, you yeah. know the the flavor impact of fermentation is massive in a beer, and uh, you know, water unless you've got really screwed up water, uh, you know, going this whole distilled route and the expense of distilled water, unless you have your own distillation plant or deionizing uh, resins or things like that, even then. You know, the cost, uh, you know, uh, of doing that is just, you know, focus on fermentation and, you know, try your tap water unless it's really screwed up. You know, just uh, try that with, uh, you know, carbon filtering it or adding a Campton tablet and then, uh, you know, add some, you know, whatever adjustments you need, uh, uh, you know, for, you know, gypsum or, you know, chalk and and you should be pretty good, you know. You, you know, know in general, in the ballpark at least. Yeah, and in general, you know, Charlie Papazian's um, New Joy Home Brewing was correct, and a lot of his recipes were: if you're brewing all grain with tap water, generally your water uh, could use some more hardness, some more calcium, mm-hmm. and uh, calcium sulfate to to bump up the hop perception is, I mean, for most brewers brewing most beers, which are generally ales, which are generally hoppy, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a good thing. So if you add a teaspoon of calcium sulfate to your mash, it's probably going to help. Not all the time, but generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just try that and don't uh, don't freak out about it, uh, you know, so much and, and, you know, perfect all your other, you know, process and then, you know, once you've got all that dialed in and you're at... uh, Making uh, you know sour beers unintentionally, then it's time to you know start dialing in your water and uh, you know uh, by that time uh, John and uh, Colin will have the water book done. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. It, it, speaking of that, um, I was I got a chance to go to Downtown Joe's uh, a month ago, mm-hmm. and uh, Colin and I sat down to work on the book a bit and talk about it, and I actually got to drink uh, Colin's beers for the first time. And uh, I was just blown away. I mean, really, really good mm-hmm. examples mm-hmm. of of pale ale and IPA. And his porter was outstanding. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we were talking about it, and he said, "Well, you know, it was it was good, but I 
I finally figured out it was missing magnesium. Mm-hmm. And I go, magnesium, really? And he goes, yeah. And he mentioned a friend of his that had, I guess, had been the original brewer at Downtown Joe's or something. Um, that turned him on to that. And adding you know Epsom salt and more magnesium, or magnesium chloride, to his mash uh, made a world of difference in the perception of the porter. Mm-hmm. Where he said before it had been a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. Adding the adding the magnesium salt um, pepped it up, and I, I'm not sure what his final concentration was. I believe he said it was something like um, in the ballpark of 30 to 50 parts per million. Yeah, but don't even say that because now people are yeah, you know like, oh, I true. need to add all sorts of magnesium, and you know. But I mean, you know, just I guess you know when well, it comes to adding stuff or you know. Keep keep an open mind about it. Maybe mm-hmm. um, right. you know, don't be afraid of adding up some salt uh, as an option if you're experiencing some. You know, well, and I wonder if that has more to do with fermentation because uh, magnesium is important to fermentation. That's true. That's very good, true. So that that might that might actually have been uh, you know a lack of uh, magnesium for fermentation. Uh, the and fermentation really you know uh, has a big impact. You know, one of the things. You know, on on downtown Joe's beers before Colin started there, you know the beers were had actually gotten kind of horrible. Um, the tanks weren't being cleaned and maintained, and you know Colin spent a lot of time just getting that dialed in. But then you know there was a time Colin was over adjusting his water, and mm-hmm. the beers had a real minerally harsh kind of character to them. And then he realized that, and you know adjusted from there. Now his beers are great. But, uh, you know, even he had, you know, over-adjusted there for a period. And, it, you know, he, he kind of, uh, you know, has been, you know, so so working with him on this book is, you know, somebody, again, who's gone through, you know, the process of, you know, too much, you know, going with, you know, the the numbers. yeah. And overcorrecting. Yeah. And, you know, now through practical experience, he's like, okay, well, you know, I, I've done too much or I, you know, i gone too much with the numbers and uh you know so he's he, he's lived that uh that experience and you know it takes a lot of time a lot of batches and he's done it so yeah uh kudos to him but uh you know you can you can go overboard on any of these things you know it's it's even right. in fermentation people are like well you know if this amount of yeast is good then you know yeah. well this much must be even better right it's the same over thing pitching, over oxygenation yeah. Over yeah. Hop- yeah. Yeah. Everything, you know, needs a certain balance. All right. Uh, well, I think that was a good show. And I think, yeah. uh, I think, uh, we got a lot of good information in that one. And, uh, thanks again to, uh, uh Blickman for, uh, providing that prize for Kevin Drake, Kings Beach, California. He's going to be brewing with, uh, Blickman and Palmer and myself, uh, uh, on his top tier or my top tier system, uh, one or the other. Uh, we'll find out what uh, Kevin would like to do. And I'm sure Blickman will uh, do another one of those in the future if we talk him into it and this one works out. Yeah. Also, uh, you want to check out the AHA. Uh, you can go to thebrewingnetwork.com and sign up for an AHA member subscription. Uh, a little portion of that goes back to the Brewing Network, but uh, most importantly, it supports home brewers in general. It gives you a voice in government and things like that. Uh, real important. And a great uh, magazine in Zymergy. I, I kick out some articles for that every so often, and uh, I believe you do too, Palmer, don't you? Yeah, front time time. 
Yeah, it's good. And then uh, they also put on the uh, the big homebrewers conference. That's going to be in San Diego this year. Yeah. So if you get a chance, check it out. AHA, lots of benefits to that, and uh, you can sign up at thebrewingnetwork.com. Until later, remember, I feel fine, especially my nipples. Brew strong. <laughs> Brew strong, everybody. <laughs>